This podcast is a presentation of Gateway Fellowship, Paulsville, Washington. Experience community, find hope. Check us out at gatewayfellowship.com. Thank you for coming. Thank you for being a part online, wherever you are in your home, whatever state you're in. Thank you for joining us today. Let me ask a question. How many have a favorite Christmas uh, movie? Here's the question right here. How many have a favorite Christmas movie? Raise your hand. Okay, that's, that's the question. Um, and I'm going to ask you what that movie is. So um, here's what we're going to do. I have some listed. And, and uh, so th- instead of raising your hands, you're going to clap that this is your favorite cr- Christmas movie. Are you ready? Number one, okay, It's a Wonderful Life. Really? Okay, all right. Number two, A Christmas Carol. <laughs> like four of you. Okay. All right. Ready for this one? Are you ready? Die Hard. Okay. Like, so I think Wonderful Life kind of, kind of, kind of won out on, on, on that one. Right. Right. Um, um, Dave was telling me, Dave Fisher, our, our, our missions pastor, that his favorite uh, Christmas movie um, is one that's called A Christmas Story. Have you? Oh, oh, so you like that one too. I should have added that to the list. There he is right over there, Christmas Story. And Dave, one of the reasons why you love this movie so much because it's filled with anticipation, right? It's like this kid wants a, wants a gift and, 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 and Dave was sharing this with me this last week. He says, Tom, he says that anticipation is palatable. I mean, like you can, you can feel it, you know? And, and so here's what I want to share with you today. Actually, what we're going to be talking about is anticipation that looks forward to what might be. So can you say that with me? Anticipation looks forward to what might be. Think about it for just a moment within the Advent, Advent season. I remember um, these feelings of Christmas anticipation. In fact, um, Jason kind of touched on it just, just a little bit as, as, as a little kid. And I, I don't know, this doesn't sound real spiritual, but remember, I was young, right? I was a stupid little kid. All right? And I remember, because mom would always tell us um, that be careful what you're doing, where you're doing it, and who you're doing it with, because Jesus is coming soon, and you don't want him to come when you're doing that whatever that was, you know, like that. So she'd put fear into us that, that way. And so I, I lived with this, the reality that at any moment, Jesus could return. And I believe that's true. Don't you? I wish the moment was now, but I lived with that. And so, but I do remember um, kind of praying this, and it sounds terrible, but I, I, was, I was young. Jesus, I know you're going to return soon, but if you could just hold off until after Christmas, because I want to open these presents. I know. Does that sound? Did anybody else do that? You, you're not going to raise your hand. I, I know, I know. And, and then when talk about anticipation, like I never understood it, um, why parents and grandparents would look so forward to kids coming and, you know, would cry when kids and grandparents left. I, I, didn't, I didn't sense that or know that until I became a parent. And I became a grandparent. And so when the kids leave, you anticipate their coming and you get ready for their coming and you clean the house and you do all of these things um, and, and then, they, then they leave. But hang on to this right here. Hopeful, hopeful anticipation looks forward. Hopeful anticipation looks forward. A couple kids wrote some letters to Santa hoping that they would receive what they would get. One of the letters is this, Dear Santa and helpers, I have been very good this year. I am expecting a little sister. 
I don't want her. <laughs> Mommy says her will be fun. I heard girls stink. I will trade you my sister when she comes from the store for an elf. I want a race car and a garage set for Christmas. There will be sugar cookies and burritos waiting for you. Love, love you, Craig. You know, so, right? Okay, kind of looking forward to what could be, like hopeful anticipation looks forward to what I'm, I'm, I'm going to get. Um, second one, dear Santa, I have been trying to be a responsible person. I hope I would get what I always wanted. The thing I want most is a dog, dog, dog. I know I haven't been taking care of Jija, Jija dog, but it's not real. And, and, and a dog would be Santa. I would even trade my one and only mom for a dog. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's anticipation, right? That's hopeful anticipation right there. I knew that a dog would be a big responsibility, but I've been bugging my dad since I was three, and I'm tired of it. Love, Megan. So there you go. I remember, so it, actually it was last year on Christmas Sunday when all the kids were in, and I said something that the children's department said, Tom, you, you cannot say that. Do not say that. And all I said was, Santa's not real. I know, and I got in trouble for that. And so, um, because you've got to let parents parents say that to their kids, but look, I'm committed to biblical truth. So there you go right there. Santa's not real. All right. So um, I, I wrote a letter. Um, I was in fourth grade. I wrote a letter um, to the Kitsap son, and I, my mom kept it all these years, and she passed it off to my wife, and I, I'm just going to show it to you right there. Here it is right here. That's, I know. Oh, thank you very much. Oh, that's me right there in the fourth grade, and I, I, I wrote a letter to, uh, to the Kitsap son, but it was Bremerton's son there, and I won $5, fourth grade. You can't, thank you very much, you can't read the letter, but you want me to read it to you? It said, what I want for Christmas, I want, a, I want a dart game for Christmas and a basketball hoop. I would like to be a million, this is going to grab your hearts right here. I would like to be a millionaire, I spelled it that way, so I could, I could buy presents and send them overseas. I wish they knew about Christmas and to, to poor people. Oh, that's, I know. Wasn't that wonderful? No wonder I won. Out of the thousands of letters that were sent in, I won, you know, $5. So there you go right there. Get that thing off the screen. Okay. <laughs> Anticipation is a, it's a powerful emotion, isn't it, when you're looking forward to something? It, it really is a powerful emotion. And it's, it, it's a feeling of excitement, something pleasant is coming or exciting that you know what will happen. Hopeful anticipation keeps us going during dis, uh, discouraging days. And it's not lost on me that when we talk about anticipation, even like on a morning like today, there's going to be some tension in the room. And here's the reason why. Because we're not all there. So w some of us, um, whether we're here or we're online, we're dealing with discouragement. Things haven't gone as well as we thought they would go. And so we have these feelings and emotions of, of discouragement. So when we talk about anticipation, does it, does it bother you sometimes, be honest now, when, does it bother you sometimes when you, when you meet people and it just seems like they're always happy, like nothing ever goes wrong in your life? The reality is that sometimes we face discouraging days, don't we? And so when we talk about 
anticipation, hopeful anticipation, and we talk about looking forward and all that. For some of us, there, there's tension because we're going like, I'm, just, I'm, I'm not there. But I want to talk to you about that because for the believer, if you're a follower of Jesus, regardless of what we're facing in life, we can look forward to a future. Hopeful anticipation looks forward to the future, and for the follower of Jesus, the future is bright, no matter what our day looks like today. Do you agree with that? I hope so. So let's talk about why. Particularly if you're sitting here struggling just, just a little bit. We're going to go back to the first Christmas and the situation in Israel just before Jesus was born. You talk about the potential of discouragement. The Jewish people were essentially slaves to the Roman Empire. Herod the Great had been made a, uh, had been made a um, client king of Judah, Judea uh, by the Roman Empire. Augustus in the aftermath of a complex civil war. Um, he was cruel, paranoid, ruthless, and evil men. I mean, like, these were discouraging days. He employed secret police and regularly cracked down on the local population to keep the peace. He even had three of his own sons executed. I mean, like, it wasn't easy to be a Jew in those days. So you talk about being, you know, both sides of that, right? Discouragement and anticipation. It, it was all there. They were not free. But they had the promise of Scripture, and a great anticipation that a savior was coming, someone who would deliver them. Now, many of the Jews, and we know this, believed that, that one day the world's earthly kingdoms would be uprooted, right? And it would be replaced um, by a kingdom of, of heaven. But there was an expectation of divine intervention anticipating the coming of the one they called the Messiah. So hopeful anticipation that looks forward that I may be in this situation right now, but I have this real hope that one day the Messiah is, is going to come. Messiah, from the Hebrew word, just means anointed one or, or, or chosen one. Jesus Christ or Jesus the Messiah. The Old Testament predicted a coming deliverer, one who was chosen by God to redeem Israel. The one the Jews called the Messiah. So they lived with this anticipation, right, as they, as they looked forward to this day. We go back to Genesis 3, God promised, the, uh, his promised one would come and crush the head uh, of the serpent. Genesis 3:15, and I will cause hostility between you and the woman, between your offspring and her offspring. He will strike your head and you will strike his heel. How many saw the passion of the Christ? Remember that movie? Yeah, I did too. And so I was sitting in the theater all by myself. And the one time I, I like literally almost jumped out of my chair for two reasons was when the old foot dropped down and crushed the head of the serpent. Do you remember that? And it was so powerful that moment. It was loud. I almost jumped out of my seat. First for fear because it scared me. But second, because there was, there was victory in, in all of that. This is what was going to happen. Sa Satan would cripple mankind. You'll strike the heel. But the seed Christ would deliver the fatal blow. You see, this is anticipation. It's looking forward to what Christ is doing and what Christ will, will do. One author says this, the day is coming, God says, when you, not just your offspring, will be defeated and removed from earth. The offspring of this woman will crush you. The decisive blow that was struck by the perfect offspring of the woman, Jesus Christ, when he died on the cross. This is one of the reasons why the eternal son of God had to become a man because it was the offspring of the woman who would crush Satan. The God of peace, Romans chapter 16, Paul writes, the God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. 
I mean, talk about hopeful anticipation of what was going to happen. Since, in Hebrews, author of Hebrews, since therefore the children share in flesh and blood, he himself likewise partook of the same things, that through death he might destroy the one who has become the power of death, that is the devil, and deliver all those who through fear, through the fear of death, were subject to a lifelong slavery. Later, Moses told the Jewish people that God would raise up a prophet for Israel like Moses, in whom God would put his words and who would speak to them all that God had commanded him. The ultimate prophet like Moses is Jesus Christ. He would come, the one who spoke God's words and who provides deliverance for his people. So the Jewish people had anticipated or looked forward to this promised one for centuries. Have you ever experienced, um, and you, you will probably experience this during the Christmas holiday, someone just like dropping in and, and you go like, you see the car pull up and you go like, okay, this is going to be awkward, right? Because they just dropped in. You weren't prepared for them. Um, the house wasn't clean, you know, all this kind of stuff. So feel feel awkward. But when we talk about the coming of, of Jesus, this is anything less than like at the last minute, minute, minute of thought, right? It's one thing to anticipate something that may never happen. That's just wishful thinking. There's a difference. It's one thing to anticipate something that may never happen. That's wishful thinking. But what about when it's not just wishful thinking, but it's rooted in the promises of God? You see, as a follower of Jesus, we hang on to the promises of God. Yes? Do you know if I were to ask you, before we put it up on the screen here, do you know how many prophecies there are in the Old Testament about the Messiah? Take a guess. Thousand. Thousand, yeah, I mean, hundreds, hundreds, like 450 specific pro prophecies. And, you know, I would, I would guess all that too about the Messiah. So it's, it's not like, okay, he just dropped in. There was, there was prophecy about his coming. If one were to stand back as mere humans and think about it, you might question the reliability of what we're reading. Some, of, some you will recognize he's born of a virgin. We talked about that last week. Uh, line of Judah, no broken bones, to be lifted up on a pole. 450 such prophecies that were made about the Messiah, yet every one was fulfilled in Jesus Christ. What's the chances of that happening? The people smarter than me, like, you know, as smart as you, but smarter than me, calculated the chance of one man fulfilling the major prophecies concerning the Messiah. Let me just kind of share it with you because I, I believe that it, it bolsters our hope and anticipation when we're reminded of these. A professor at Westmont College named Peter Stoner, um, he was the man. The estimates were worked out by 12 different classes representing 600 university students. Now let me, let me give you the odds here. After examining only eight different uh, prophecies, they conservatively estimated that the chance of one man fulfilling eight prophecies. Now remember, how many are there? Okay, everybody say 450. So, that, so we're talking about eight, eight of these, right? So the chances of one man fulfilling eight of these prophecies is this. It's one in 10 followed by 17 zeros. That's a lot. Now, if you had that kind of money, right, 
the chance of one man fulfilling just eight of these is 10 followed by 17 zeros. Now to illustrate, I have this illustration for you. If, if you mark, the professor, professor gave this, if you mark one of 10 tickets and place all the tickets in a hat, thoroughly stir them, and then ask a blindfold man to draw one, his chance of getting the right ticket is one in 10. That's obvious. Suppose that we take um, uh, 10, 1,017 silver dollars and lay them on the face of Texas, or, or the 10 uh, with the 17 zeros, and lay them on the face of Texas. They'll cover all of the state two feet deep. Now mark just one of those silver dollars and stir the whole mass thoroughly all over the state. Are you getting the picture? Okay, two feet deep. Blindfold a man and tell him that he can travel as far as he wishes, but he must pick up the one silver dollar that has the special mark on it. What chance would he have of getting the right one? Just the same chance that the prophets would have had of writing these eight prophecies and having them all come true in one man from their day to the present time. I mean, it's a visual, right? It's a visual. So here, here's what the professor concluded. I have it for you right here. This is what he says. Any man who rejects Christ as a son of God is rejecting a fact proof perhaps more absolutely than any other fact in the world, Peter Stoner. It's a proven, proven fact. You see, the anticipation of followers of Jesus, what we embrace is not wishful thinking, but founded on three things I want to talk to you about. Biblical hope, received through biblical faith, and experienced through biblical promise. So there's the three. The anticipation that we have rooted in biblical prophecy is not wishful thinking like someone just didn't drop in. It's founded on biblical hope, received through biblical faith, and experienced through biblical promise. So if you're, if you're sitting in that place of being kind of discouraged this morning, kind of wondering what, what, what's going on, just remember these three things. You might even want to jot them down. First of all, biblical hope. We've talked about that in the, in the past because biblical hope is based on the person of Jesus Christ. It's not based on, you know, your, your good wisdom or person that you perhaps sit beside is based on the person of Jesus Christ. More than a wish or a desire it is a confident expectation that God will fulfill his promise, each and every one of them. That's hope. So if you are sitting discouraged about what the future might look like in our world or in our country, as a follower of Jesus, um, Hopeful anticipation looks forward that might come and it's rooted in biblical hope because it's based on Jesus Christ, the one who came. Biblical hope is based on God's character and his word. He is faithful, he does not change, and is fully trustworthy. And that's important for us to remember because some of us have, 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 have had broken trust, right? We, we have dealt with that. But the one who biblical hope is based on is fully trustworthy, his name is Jesus. Biblical hope is anchored in Jesus Christ, who is the fulfillment of God's promise to us. Biblical hope is a gift from God that allows us to anticipate the future. That's what it does. So we remind ourselves on an ongoing basis of the biblical hope 
that you and I have. So biblical, the biblical faith. We receive it through biblical faith. Now faith, the author of Hebrews writes, is the confidence in what we hope for and the assurance about what we do not see. You know, humanly, we want to see the thing that we hope in, right? Paul says, or the writer of Hebrews says, like it's the assurance of the things we, we do not see. Now, biblical faith is not blind faith. It's not that, even though we may not see it or have, have the physical proof right before us, it's not that. In its essence, faith is being sure and certain about unseen hopes and realities. Why? Because biblical faith is rooted in a person Jesus Christ, he is the object of our faith. So who is biblical hope founded in? Jesus Christ, biblical faith, what? Is rooted in who? Jesus Christ, the one who has come, he is the object of our faith. Biblical faith identifies and marks followers of Jesus. People ought to see that in in you and me. I have hope and I have faith because it's rooted in the one who has come. And therefore, I anticipate the future. And then biblical promise is experienced through biblical promise. What promise do we experience as followers of Jesus? Well, it's an anticipation that God will care for me, watch over me, and guide my steps each and every day. That's a promise. Now, as we kind of head towards home here, I'm just going to do something. I'm going to basically shut up. I'm going to let Scripture speak. How's that? Biblical promise, it says, that as a follower of Jesus, you can experience these things every day in your life. If you're discouraged, you'll, you can experience this. If you're, if you're wondering about the future, if you're worrying about the future, you can experience the promise I'm going to read you in just a moment from Scripture. If you're in that place where um, hopeful anticipation is absent from your life because of whatever, you can experience through biblical promise what I'm going to share with you. Are you ready? Deuteronomy chapter 31, verse 6. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them. For the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you or forsake you. How many can find yourself in that today? Be strong, be, don't be afraid, don't be terrified because of them. The Lord goes with us, promise. How about this one? Joshua chapter one, verse five. No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you and I will never forsake you. That's biblical promise. How, how about this one? Psalm 23, 4. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Even though I might be in a place of discouragement today, even though I'm going through the valley, it could be the result of anything, I will not fear that, because who's with me? God. Your rod and your staff, they come from me. How about Isaiah chapter 41, verse 10? So do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous hand. 
And finally, Hebrews chapter 13, verse 5. Keep your lives free from the love of money and be content with what you have. Because God said, here's what he said, say it with me. Never will I leave you and never will I forsake you. Hopeful anticipation does not deny reality, but places the future in God's hands. Hopeful anticipation doesn't go like, I don't feel this pain or I don't feel this hurt. It's just mitigated by the promise that God's with us and the anticipation of the future that's ahead. So I want to ask you this morning, where are you today? Are you hopeful for the future? Are you anticipating what God has for you? Even though you may be in that place, humanly speaking, that you really don't want to be, and, and there may be a sense of discouragement or there's a battle going on, are you hanging on to the biblical promise that he will never leave us and he will never forsake us? Are we anticipating the future? Because hopeful anticipation always looks forward. And I don't know about you, but I'm looking forward to the future. Amen. I am looking forward to the time when we will be together in that place that's recreated, that is perfect, that is coming. I'm looking forward to that day. But I'm also looking forward to what Jesus would do in you and in me and through us to impact the kingdom of God. I hope you are too. Let's stand together, shall we? And I'm going to pray. And um, my prayer is going to go like this because, again, I, I understand that we're facing all kinds of things because I hear it and you hear it. So I'm going I'm to just invite you, if you are that one person, if you would just kind of maybe in your heart or maybe physically just open up your hands and say, God, I'm just giving you this um, today. The discouragement, um, whatever it is I'm feeling, I'm, I'm giving it to you today. Would you just replace that with hopeful anticipation of who you are? And then I'm going to pray that God will use each and every one of us to take this glorious, wonderful message that Jesus has come into the world today to save lost people. He is the truth, and he is the way, and he has come into this world to show us the way to the Father. And it's only through him that we can be in right relationship with Jesus, and we can take that message out to a world that needs to hear. Amen. Father, today we just come to you. Lord, I thank you for the reality of hope and faith and promise. I thank you, Father, that we can hang on, we can hold tightly to um, the promises that are yea and amen because they're rooted in you. They're rooted in, in Jesus Christ. They're rooted in your son. Hope, faith, and promise. And there are some of us today, we're dealing with discouragement. Um, things have come in and have come maybe taken our eyes off of, of of who you are, but today with open hands and open heart, God, we just give you those things. I would pray that you would just flood our hearts and flood our lives, Lord, with the reality of who you are. You never leave us. And though we walk through the valley, God, we are never doing that alone. You are there and you walk with us. I pray, Father, that as a faith community here in this part of the, of the, of the country, God, we will be able to take the message of who you are to a world who needs to hear. There's hope. And you can anticipate a great future because it's found in Jesus Christ. I thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen.
soul forget not all his benefit how his life has shown through darker days than this he has been faithful he's always faithful This is true. And I know where my help comes from. My help comes from the Lord. I know where my help comes from. My help comes from the Lord. My confidence remains in the name above all names. I know where my help comes from. My help comes from the Lord.
I know where my help comes from. My help comes from the Lord. I know where my help comes from. My help comes from the Lord. My confidence remains in the name above all names. I know where my help comes from. My help comes from. 